0: PFT OT Tuesday edition, all the things we couldn't cram into PFT Live or things we would like to expand upon. And I think every topic today is something we weren't able to get to. That's how busy of a day it's been. Let's begin in Buffalo, Chris. News emerged during the program that veteran defensive end Jerry Hughes, signing a two year extension, he was entering the final year of his contract. Adam Schefter of ESPN reports that it's worth up to $23.5 million with $19 million guaranteed, which is a weird split. It's. Because the base value is going to be less than $23.5 million and uh, $19 million guaranteed. It's just, just I'll wait to see the full contract to come to any conclusions about what it's really worth, but I'm surprised the Bills did this because Hughes was a guy who was almost traded to the Rams last year. The Rams tried to get Hughes before they moved on to Dante Fowler. I just assumed Hughes would finish out his contract this year in Buffalo and move on.
1: Yeah, I, I did too. I, I guess they looked at it too, though. There's no legitimate edge threat on that defense there in Buffalo either. So I think they looked at it and go, okay, he's really the only proven commodity we have at that position. You know, they got guys like Trent Murphy and Mackenzie Alexander who have had years of uh, – or Lorenzo Alexander, excuse me, who have had years of, you know, putting up some defense and sack numbers but you know hey it's a 4-3 defense he still has speed and there's a threat to come around the edge and, and, and of course be a nuisance at the quarterback so uh, I get it I guess I'm a little surprised by the contract details too but it's early and I don't think we know all the facts of the situation uh, yet either started his career with the Bills
0: or with the Colts rather became a full time starter in Buffalo in 2014 and has not missed a game in five full seasons of Yes, five full seasons as a starting defensive lineman for the Buffalo Bills. So Jerry Hughes clearly sticking around. We'll see what the actual contract details are. You know what happens a lot of times? And look, anybody who pays attention to the sport knows this. The agent puts out numbers that look better than maybe they are to make the agent look better. So the agent can then use that to try to recruit other clients. It's a very common game, and the reporters will pass along because they're just happy to have the information, even if the numbers are embellished. We'll see what the real numbers are, but Hughes sticking around. He'll be under contract for three years in Buffalo. Yannick Ngakwe would very much like to have his second contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had been boycotting the offseason program but he reportedly is going to be present for OTAs. This is a guy who's going to make $2 million this year. He's a guy who has a ton of sacks in three NFL seasons. And we're seeing how much guys get paid. I'm surprised he's putting himself at risk here, Chris. When you're drawing that line in the sand to try to get your big contract, don't show up for things that aren't mandatory.
1: Uh, I'm a little surprised too. I mean, again, Yannick Agakwe, he's in the conversation for one of the best, better pass rushers in all of football. I mean, I'm not going to, I think, put him up there towards the top of the list, but He's not far off from it from there. I mean, uh, he's he's incredible. Get off the line of scrimmage. The ability to bend around the line of scrimmage. I mean, I would think he's a guy that's going to be looking at some type of contract that's in the eighteen million dollars a year range. Now, showing up for OTAs, the first thing I always think about is just okay, what are we going to be doing at OTAs? He's going to show up. Yeah, well, you know, will he have a conversation with some of the people, uh, Tom Coughlin, some of the people in the front office to maybe gauge how he wants to practice those are the things that uh at least are going through my mind because he might just partake in some individual drills uh and maybe not to partake in some of the full team activities that, that put himself in more danger that certainly could be a possibility he might just be there for meetings and work out jacksonville might be happy with that if they have the right conversation so i guess i i, I want to see more of what it entails first and is it really a full go at practice
0: and that's a good point. He could be there, but he could be staying away from the kinds of activities that would get him potentially injured. I don't know that Tom Coughlin, the executive VP of football operations, would be comfortable with that approach because his attitude probably is, you're all in or you're all out. Yeah. But Ngakwe, and, and look, he, he has been great. Chris, over the last three seasons, Demarcus Lawrence, 25 and a half sacks. Joey Bosa, 28 and a half sacks. Yannick Ngakwe... 29 and a half sacks now yeah. Bosa has been injured a lot right but still he's got more than bose he's got more than lawrence and frank clark has 32 only two and a half more than yannick Ngakwe. and we saw what frank clark got paid so so uh Ngakwe deserves to get paid and this is all in how you play it just right right and, and you know what it may be you've you've got to play out this season and get franchise tagged or hit the open market next year uh, because uh, sometimes the team is going to take full advantage of that cheaper contract and force you to finish it, even though you are carrying some significant injury. Yeah, that's going to be
1: interesting. Jalen Ramsey, I mean, he's coming up to bat, you know. So they got some people they have to pay. Miles Jack is going to be in this conversation, so someone might get left out in the dark there in Jacksonville, and that—that's to me where it's going to be, you know, fascinating going forward because they're they like you said. I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, in the conversation for top pass rushers in football. They can't pay everybody. Uh, And also you have to take into account, man, they got a first round defensive lineman from last year from Florida. Of course, they have Calais Campbell. So you have to look at all those factors, too, and go, okay, Yannick Ngakwe's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But he's benefited from having some awesome players around him, too, to always give him favorable matchups. And what did we see happen twice this year?
0: The tag and trade of pass rushers. Yeah, D Ford from the right. Chiefs to the 49ers, Frank Clark from the Seahawks to the Chiefs. Maybe the Jaguars' play here is tag him and then trade him because, again, you can't keep everyone. You have to trust your ability to scout rookies and younger players, and they'll step in and step up. And it, it's, you could make the argument it's a hell of a lot smarter. To tag and trade, well, it is a hell of a lot smarter to tag and trade if you can pull it off than to let a guy leave in free agency and get a compensatory draft pick. Exactly. You get more if you can trade him from under the franchise tag. right? Malcolm Jenkins, a veteran member of the Eagles secondary, he was a first-round pick 10 years ago of the Saints. He is not present for OTAs in Philly. He hasn't been present for the offseason program. Howard Eskin, the sideline reporter for the Eagles radio network, says it is a contractual issue for Malcolm Jenkins. It's surprising a lot of people – But Jenkins doing what he has to do to take a stand for himself and get paid. And for guys under contract, the one thing you can do, Chris, withhold services. And when you withhold services from voluntary workouts, that gets people's attention because most of the players show up.
1: Yeah, uh, it definitely does. And especially with a guy like Malcolm Jenkins, who's such a you know key piece to that defense in general. Uh, I mean, he's a great communicator, a great player, does a lot of different things uh, for that defense schematically. One of the leaders in the locker room. I think we've seen that. So, yeah, he's unhappy with where he's being paid at as far as his worth. And I get that. He probably looks at it and goes, there's some guys. Hey, he looks at Earl Thomas, uh, who's making $13.7 million. And he goes, Wait, that's not right. He's making 5 million dollars more than I am. That so I understand it. The market has moved once again at the safety position and I think he looks at some players that are above him and making more money than him and he goes, "They're not as good as me. They don't deserve to be making that money." And he wants a little sweetener.
0: Yeah, and and uh he's due to make, I have the numbers right here. 8.1 million in base salary this year and 7.6 million next year. And Earl Thomas really did put a foot to the right? ass of the safety market after yeah. last year when it languished. I think his teams were trying to justify not signing Eric Reed, but Eric Reed got paid this year by the Panthers. Earl Thomas got paid. Tyron Matthew got paid. And Malcolm Jenkins doing what he can to get his money before maybe he's too old to get the kind of contract he's looking That's for. Right. All right. Another guy not present at OTAs, Chris, but this has nothing to do with contract. He's gotten his contract and he was smart to do it when he did. Rams running back Todd Gurley. Not there. Now, the team says he's got an arrangement where he's working out on his own and et cetera. But with that knee, you know, anytime Todd Gurley isn't present and accounted for and practicing, people are going to wonder what's up with that knee. And until we see a healthy Todd Gurley play on multiple weeks it's not just going to be one game for me it's not just going to be week one he has 180 yards from scrimmage and everything's fine he's got to show me he can come back again and again and again and even then I'm going to wonder are we going to have the same thing that happened last December where all of a sudden the knees just shot for the year and that's my concern with Todd Gurley so when you see Todd Gurley not at OTAs I I think you have to say where is this all heading, and will he ever be the guy that he used to be?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I'm concerned a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Again, I know it's OTAs, so it's not end-all, be-all here, but this is one of the star premier players for the Los Angeles Rams franchise, Uh, and of course they're paying him a hefty sum, so when I hear things like that, hey, I understand like superstar players, they do have the leeway to do their own thing at times, Uh, but I almost think, Mike, and this is I have no knowledge of this, but just my the thing I think of right away here is, you know, maybe the Rams are happy with keeping him away, you know, because maybe he is not a hundred percent, and they don't want the media to sit there and see that, you know, maybe his knee is swollen or not quite the way it should be, or he can't participate. So they'd rather not have him there and continue to work with the guy he's got to work with or feels comfortable with to get this knee and leg issue straight. Those are the things I think of going forward. I'm not concerned that he's missing this. There's nothing that he's missing that's going to uh, dictate how he plays in 2019, but I do wonder about how much, is this, how much of this is about management of the knee and that issue there.
0: And to the extent that he is dealing with management of pain, there may eventually be some good news for Todd Gurley and the rest of the NFL players who are always dealing with pain issues when you consider what they do for a living. The NFL and the NFL Players Association announced on Monday an agreement to form a committee that will study Alternate therapies for management of pain, including Chris Marijuana. Yeah. For the first time, the NFL acknowledging that maybe this is a good idea, you know, stepping away from the collectively bargained right to tell players thou shalt not smoke weed and to suspend them for years at a time if they do. The NFL recognizing maybe it's in the best interest of the sport to find a way to back off from this prohibition on the use of marijuana, and basically give the players who need it a medical card and really – Every, what, the threshold would have to be very low to have the pain necessary to
1: use marijuana because they're all in pain throughout the course of the season. Right. The threshold's very low to get op- opioids. I know that. And man, they're a whole lot more dangerous for your body than certainly smoking marijuana is. And uh, again, yes, I think the uh, the NFL should exhaust all avenues as far as finding better ways to help players deal with pain management and healing their body. Uh, hey, we've heard guys like Brett Favre who had the opioid addictions when Plan. I know I had some teammates that, you know, dealt with issues there as far as getting off the addiction pattern and all that of, of pills that they had become accustomed to popping uh, through the end of their career because they were trying to just make it happen on a daily basis and just wanted to get through that day. So, oh, let me pop a Vicodin. Let me pop an anti inflammatory. Let me pop this now that the day's over. And yeah, it not only just ruins your body, it ruins your stomach, uh, it messes with the chemistry of your brain and hey one why bite off the nose despite the face too I mean we miss a key important players in the NFL every year over guys that I know have broken the rules uh, of what they are in the NFL but you know again if alcohol is going to be legal then I don't see how we can argue that marijuana is not legal at this point and I'm glad that the NFL seems like they're going in the right direction
0: And Chris, I've noticed over the past year, the NFL has softened in its application of the rules to guys like Josh Gordon, Martavis, Bryant, Randy, Gregory, even though all three are currently suspended. they, They had multiple incidents while returning from a minimum suspension of a year, still in stage three where supposedly one false move gets you suspended for another year minimum. The NFL has been working with these guys because I think the NFL understands what's going on here. And I think finally someone at 345 Park Avenue developed a sense of self-awareness on this issue. Instead of trying to cram something down the union's throat where you get a concession for a retreat on the marijuana prohibition, just realize it's the right thing to do. It's smart for everybody. Let's come up with a way to do it. But, you know, Chris, there's one wrinkle left here that could get a little awkward. There are several states where the NFL currently does business, Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, North Carolina, Indiana, and Wisconsin, that still have a complete ban on marijuana use. What do you do? to get your players in a position
1: where they can use medical marijuana in states where it's still illegal. Yeah, that's tricky. I mean, the first thing I want to say to those states is get a clue. Get up with the times. <laughs> let's go. Let's join the times. It's 2018. Okay? I mean, there's other things that are legal in those states where I want to go, whoa, that's legal, but damn, you know, smoking something that's going to put you on the couch and make you eat a bag of chips. Whoa, we can't let that be legal. Uh, so, yeah, uh, again, that that is going to be the million-dollar question, right, Mike? How does the NFL really relate really Realistically, navigate through that issue i mean i ask you mr lawyer can you really do that i mean how would they do it first of all and i don't know if this is a product of the marijuana it's
0: 2019 not 2018 but 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 even more reason to get with the (laughs) Um, times i think what they need to do is they need to aggressively lobby in those states and they need to already start or if they haven't started they should start now trying to lay the foundation to get medical marijuana authorization in place in those states now it's not like you're going to dangle relocation because what the texans or the cowboys are going to move the packers are going to move right nobody's moving over it but let me tell you if it it would be a strange state of affairs if you had the ability on every other team to smoke marijuana yeah right the cowboys texans colts Titans, Panthers, Falcons, Packers are out in the cold. Good luck signing free agents. That'll affect if free that's agency. the case, you're
1: right. Exactly, you're right. There's going to be guys where go, "Oh, okay." What the Cowboys or you know uh, some team in California, okay, I might choose California if all things are equal. The, the money's pretty much the same. You're right, that's going to be a detractor there. But hey, we've heard some stand-up individuals that have played in the NFL, uh, you know, kind of talk about marijuana and CBD oil in a glowing way that I think we have to take into an account that it really uh, that helps people. I know I got ex-friends uh, who believe in CBD oil and. Sm- Smoking, you know, marijuana to help w- with their aches and pains. We heard a guy like Calvin Johnson, who I don't believe's ever been in any shape, form or even close to trouble in his whole life. He's talking about it, how it's helping his body. So uh, I think it just makes too much sense, you know, to, to find another way to help some of these players out who are getting beat to crap during the season.
0: And, and, you know, people ask me all the time, you hate the NFL, you criticize the NFL. It's like, I I love the NFL. I want the NFL to be as good as it can be. And we try to highlight areas where we think the NFL could be better. And the fact that the NFL has found a way to just start down this path of doing the right thing, the NFL deserves to be applauded because for a long time, the NFL dug in. And I remember when states first started to legalize it for recreational purposes, the NFL said, well, it's still uh, illegal under federal law. And they were going to cling to that until the federal government drops its prohibition on marijuana use. Good to see that the NFL realizes there's benefit there to the players, Chris, and it's the right thing to do.
1: Yes, and last thing because this is something that's been kind of like annoying me. You know, we talk about marijuana and we talk about oh, a federal law and it's not legal there. You know what? Okay, I get that and I'm not trying to even defend that. What drives me crazy is federal law never gets brought up with um, with with PED use. That, that to me is one thing that annoys me as far as substance abuse in the NFL, and PED use. We go, oh, gosh, that guy was just cheating, trying to make his muscles bigger like a Patrick Peterson. But we never forget that a lot of the times they're taking substances that are illegal in our country too. They have broken the law, let alone tried to cheat us and showing us that they're not the talent that that they are trying to claim they are because they're chemically enhanced. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying that. It just bothers me at times because federal law gets associated with marijuana, but then guys cheat and set bad examples for young kids and do it illegally, and nobody talks about the federal law with that. So, sorry, I just had to get that off my chest.
0: No, that's good. No, and, and it's it's smart, and it's smart that the NFL is finally acknowledging that there's benefit here to the players, that marijuana is safer than opioid use, and let's drop this, this uh, big brother routine where they, they want to police and legislate what guys do in the off season, right? Yeah. Seven months. They're left to their own devices. It was it was dumb in the first place. I understand why they did it. It was it was a reflection of the times and the war on drugs and all that stuff, and it was a, a PR thing. But now it's times have changed. And it's time for the NFL to change and we're good to see that they're doing it. The door. Chris, great stuff as always. You're off Wednesday. You're on assignment Wednesday. I'm I get on, to assignment. Say you're on assignment. Tomorrow. I am. I'm you're going, going on
1: assignment. to assignment. Going to Buffalo. Gonna see right. some players I, I, up it, there. Have some fun. Is it
0: is it secret what you're doing? Well, I don't know. The was, is not
1: secret now. I've said it, so we'll just keep going. I, I,
0: I, will you will you take a picture of yourself wearing Sonora's Perry's number 32 O.J. Simpson jersey? Absolutely not. I won't do that. Can't do All right. it. All right. Uh, well, enjoy Buffalo on Wednesday, and we'll see you back here on Thursday. Everybody have a great day. Chris Sims on Button debuts later today. There may or may not be another PFT PM today. Who knows? There was one from yesterday. If uh, If you're really anxious to hear more of me prattling on about a bunch of inane issues. Uh, Pro Football Talk Live, though, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Eastern NBC Sports Radio, 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Everybody have a great day. See ya.